0: Well, let me tell you why I have a tremendous anticipation for today. I had this message all prepared for you called Running in Your Lane. And uh, New Year's Eve, I had a dream. And in this dream, there was this big youth conference. And I was at it. And all of a sudden, I got announced to be the speaker. I had nothing prepared. I, I, I didn't know I was speaking. And so I came up to the pulpit having no idea what I'm going to say. And then this is what came out of my mouth. Get your seatbelt on because this is going to go very fast. Fast. And I began to simply share my journey of encountering the Holy Spirit. And I knew in my spirit, I didn't get to see any of the prayer time, but I knew that what God was going to do in that meeting was reproduce those encounters in, in multiple, multiplying ways. Sometimes God can do things really fast. Sometimes, we know this about the Christian life, it goes really slow. And seeds, and you water, and you plant, and you weed, and, and 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 that is all part of the Christian life and perseverance. But sometimes, God can do something that would take us years, and he can do them in a moment. I woke up from that dream, and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was not supposed to speak on running in your land, but I was supposed to speak on encountering the Holy Spirit. So here we are. um, And I know you've already been standing, and you just got done sitting, but would you rise in honor of God's word? I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2, and we're going to have it up here. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity Saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, For it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Would you just join me in prayer for a moment? Lord, I need you to hide me behind your cross today. This is not about me. First and foremost, it's about you and what's in your heart for each one of these women. And secondly, it's about these women being able to respond to you. Lord, you know all the pain, the hurts, the confusion. You, you know everybody's church background. Lord, would you just untie everything that would hinder us from receiving everything you want to do for us? Lord, we love you, and we give you this time. Please, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said Amen. You may be seated. So Acts chapter 2 starts out by saying that, that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, suddenly the Holy Spirit came. He came. There was a, a mighty rushing wind. There were tongues of fire that uh, that appeared. Um, he rested on each of the hundred and twenty, and they began to speak in other tongues. But it turned out that as the multitudes gathered around them. Um, even though there were other tongues, they were not angelic tongues. They were tongues of people that had come from all over the place. And they were prophesying to them. They were prophesying the things of God. They were speaking the very things of God, but not in the language that they understood or the Aramaic language, which everybody shared, but in the languages from where they had come from because Jews had come from all over, every every. Feast. the Jews come from all over the world. You have to come back to Jerusalem. So there's um, probably a million Jews in Jerusalem at this time. Anyway, so they are, they are prophesying in the languages of these, where these people have come from. And, and there are two responses to what is happening. The one response is amazement, and perplexity that simply says something is happening here that doesn't fit into my experience and it doesn't fit into my, my head. Something is happening that is amazing. Here's why these are normal people. I know, we know where these guys are from, and yet something is happening. Supernatural. We cannot grasp what it is. But we are willing to allow for mystery. There's a second response, and that response is mocking. That response is, listen, this does not fit in my experience. It doesn't fit in my theology. I can't control this, so I'm going to make fun of it. I am going to just write it off with some other explanation of human beings being drunk or weird or, or something else, but to, to retain my control, uh, I'm going to mock what is going on. Those are two responses. Now, here's the interesting thing. Peter stands, Holy Spirit's not done. <laughs> he's come in fire, he's come in wind, he's come in the prophetic but he's not done. The whole, Peter stands up and says, "Listen. Here's basically what he says, "Get used to this. Cuz this is a new age. This is a new day. Jesus died and rose again so that God could pour out his holy spirit. Men and women, this is this whole age is going to it's going to look like this and it, there's going to be both responses in this age." And so he stands up and he says, "This is just the beginning." of what God said he was going to do in the last days. And then he preaches about Jesus. And 3,000 are saved that day. 3,000 the Holy Spirit moves on in a saving way. And that's amazing. Which 3,000 do you think that he moved on? Do you think it was the ones that were amazed and couldn't understand it but just looked or on the mockers? My, my guess is it's probably those that allowed for the mystery of God and didn't, were not put off by how God was moving. So I am going to share with you today three encounters I've had with the Holy Spirit and the fruits of those encounters Now, I may share things that are outside of your comfort zone, outside of any of your own personal experience. That's okay. Just allow. Allow that God is bigger than us and he can do things that we don't do and that everything isn't going to fit into our little brain because he's unfathomable. So here's point one. This is the Lord wants to encounter women in three ways today. Number one, He wants to renew intimacy. 1996, January, there is a revival going on in Toronto called the Toronto Blessing. It was called the Laughing Revival by Time Magazine because. What happened is people were coming from all over the world to Toronto in this uh, one church, and they were having meetings every night, and people were getting prayed for and falling over and laughing, sometimes for hours, sometimes six hours laughing, and it was... People didn't understand what was going on. A lot of people criticized and rejected it, um, but people were coming from all over the world, and uh, everybody, here's what, here's what was true. Everybody had an opinion. This is God, this is the devil. Everybody had an opinion. Um, so we went. We took our leadership team there, nine of us. We made the journey from, I was in Faustin, Minnesota at the time, all the way over to Toronto. With, with, there, were, there were nine of us. And uh here's what I remember coming into the building, just coming into the building wasn't a service yet, it was just in the building. There was a presence of such love in that building. I'd never experienced man- a manifestation that was just hanging in the air of the love of God. And I'm just like, wow, it's it's in the atmosphere. And after the speaking, we were invited to, to, to get prayed for, and we stood on lines, and what happened to the nine of us? We couldn't mock any manifestation, because among the nine of us, we had all the manifestations. People laughed, people cried, people fell, people shook, people screamed, people groaned. There was nothing that didn't happen to our team, not to each one, but to, but to the whole group, and as we left, the same thing was still happening. God, the presence of God, there was just this human reaction, and we just didn't know what was going to happen next because God, the Spirit of God was so thick, and the human reaction to his presence was so unpredictable. But I was very troubled. I, I bought John Arnott's book called The Father's Blessing, so that I could understand it Because Jesus is a shepherd And we are called sheep And the thing about sheep is sheep don't eat if they're afraid And I'm like, this is terrifying, God I mean, I can see where weird Christians would be able to receive this <laughs> But how are we going to get normal people I mean, this is just, just crazy stuff is happening And I just, I, I just can't, how can this be safe? And so I read John Arnott's whole book on the way back, and I just, I'm still asking the question God, what, what is going on? And he gave me a scripture, Luke eleven thirteen. 13. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And In the Greek, the tense is, it's not a one-timer. This is ask and continue to ask. And it's in the context of gifts. Then he spoke to me, one sentence, and here was the sentence. You, and I knew it was speaking of the leadership of the church, you have tried to keep my people safe through control and you've taken the surprise out of church. You have tried to keep my people safe through control and you've taken the surprise out of church. And then I immediately saw something. I had gifts. My kids were all little at the time. I have gifts with me that I'm bringing home to them. And we have a ritual when I come home from a trip. They all line up and they all close their eyes and they have their arms open like this and I put the gift in their hands. (laughs) And they're safe. Not because they know what's in the gift or they they have to know what's in the gift. They're safe because of love. They're safe because of the one giving it to them. And so they look forward to the surprise of what it might be. All of Luke 11, it starts like this. If your your child asks you for bread, you don't give them a stone. If they ask you for a fish, you don't give them a scorpion. And you're evil. You would never do that to your children. If you being evil would never do that, how much more will the Father in heaven give gifts of the Holy Spirit, encounters of the Holy Spirit? Because no one loves us like the Father loves us. There's no evil in Him. So you do not need to be afraid of encounter today. God renews intimacy by surprise. So here's the fruit of that first experience. So that was January of 1996. Now it's August of 1996. So we were in this church in Boston. God came in amazing, amazing ways, and the church and the church leadership just basically said, no, we do not want this. It's messing things up. It's, people don't know what to think. We want less, not more. And so it was, a long, it was a very, very painful process for me, but finally the Lord just said, it's okay. They've, they've made their choice, and so I'm going to take you somewhere else. And so Alice and I were at National Adventure. We just started, we just got peace. We didn't know how God would take us somewhere else, but he was going to take us somewhere else. And there's a whole story about how he led us to Montevideo, Minnesota. But um, when they first called and I heard the story of their church, I had a condition on coming. The story of their church was two years earlier. Their youth pastor had showed a video that some of the parents... Uh, Disagreed with Probably wasn't the wisest video to show But um, They were power people In that church And they used their power To get rid of the youth Youth pastor And then They continued their power And finally got rid of the pastor And so This whole church Had shut down They were only meeting On Sunday mornings No other There wasn't women's ministry There wasn't youth ministry There wasn't missions Everything had shut down Except for Sunday morning and they hadn't now had an interim pastor. But this is the history. It didn't the church didn't split, it scattered. And so there was all of this pain from religious politics. When we see politics in the world, we get it. That's what the world's like. It's dog eat dog. When we see politics in the church, something grieves us. Because we expect better. We expect something different. And especially young people. And so I I gave a condition. I said, listen, before we come, I want to meet with the youth group. I will buy the pizza. I just want all the youth there, and I want to talk to them. And so they set it up. Alice and I came from Boston down to Montevideo. It's a four-hour drive, and we prayed. We prayed most of the way. And here was my prayer. Lord, these kids have seen the worst of your people. And it's very, it's very easy when you see the church acting badly to believe that God doesn't even exist. How could God exist? If this is what the representatives of God, then I, there can't be a God because this is ugly. And so I said, I said, God, would you do something tonight that only you could do? Would you surprise these kids? Could something? I, don't, I have no idea what it would be or what it would even look like, but would you do something that there's no explanation except that God is alive and was in the house? And so that was, that was the heartbeat of our prayer. And I had no agenda. My only agenda was we're going to love on these kids. And so I brought the guitar, I had a message But it was not a, a, a given that we were going to go there So get the pizza, we, we get in this youth center It's this old trailer And uh, there's 25 kids there We're in a circle, we're eating pizza And I'm asking these kids all kinds of questions And they're, they don't look that hurt In fact, they're hungry, they want, they want more and I'm like, well, let's, let's do some worship. And so we did a few worship songs, and, and then I gave my message. And my message was on, uh, it was on David and Goliath. And it was on the reason why David was different than all the other Israelites is because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The reason why he could stand when everybody else was afraid of Goliath was because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so how many today you would like to be anointed by God against all the Goliaths of this age. And so 16 of the kids stand up without me saying what to do. They come up and they kneel. They kneel across the front of this trailer. And uh, so I go over. I've got this anointing oil and I go over to this first kid and I barely touch this kid and the kid passes out. I've seen people fall over. I've seen people overcome by the Spirit. But this was not that. This was just one touch and boom. The kid looks like he's dead. But, I, but I'm the man of God. So I just move on. So I'm praying over the second kid and I'm looking at the first kid. I just All I want is movement of any kind. I get done praying for that kid. I'm, I'm going to the second one. I've got my eye over there. In this, uh, and I'm praying for the third kid. And this, this kid comes over and it's tugging on my shirt. And I'm like, what's up, buddy? He says, what happened to that kid? <laughs> and here's what I said. Here's what I said to this kid. I said, don't worry about it. God's touching him. Now here's what I'm saying in my mind to God. God in heaven, please be touching this kid. So I keep, I keep going down the line, and what's happening is after kids get prayed for, they get up, and they go over and stand around this kid. And so I'm going down. Now the group is all around there, and I'm just looking, every, t- every person I pray for, I'm just looking for any sign of life <laughs> at all. I get to the last one, and I'm just seeing the headlines of the paper. New pastor kills teenager. <laughs> I get done with the last one, And I get, I go over, I have to part the crowd. The entire youth group is around this one kid. They're all packed in watching him. Here's what I don't know. That kid doesn't go to this church. He's never seen anything like this before. He has come with a friend. Everybody else there is from that church. This is the one kid that has come from a Lutheran church. So here's, here's, so here's what I do So I So I part the Red Sea And I get down on my knees And I say this to him Hey buddy What's happening? And he speaks He says this God is speaking to me. This is so good. (laughs) This is so good. What's he saying? He's saying that he loves me. Buddy, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart and given your life to him? And he just goes like this. Do you want to do that right now? And what happened next was the entire youth group prayed the prayer of salvation with this kid. Now, I think it's amazing that God saved that one kid. But do you see God's heart to come in the midst of this hurting group and surprise them. To take somebody that's not in their church, not in their tradition, and do something that there's no explanation (laughs) except that God did it. Some of you, God wants to surprise today. Number two, he wants to encounter women to break chains. In the spring of 1998, I was asked to speak on the mercy ship, and it was docked at that time in East London, South Africa. I was going for a week to speak on holiness, and before I got on the ship... I needed to spend one night in these people's house, and then the next day somebody would come and pick me up from that house to go on the ship. I had been told that I'm going to be speaking all week long to about 50 kids that, you know, young adults from all over the world, actually some that weren't so young, but that Thursday night I was also asked to address the entire ship. There's 300 on... on the ship at that time, and I was going to be speaking to the whole group and doing kind of like a, a chapel. And so I had my messages on holiness, and I had a message for Thursday night on the anointing God's manifest power. And uh, so I'm, I'm still at these people's house. I'm having my quiet time in the morning, I'm reading the one year Bible. And this is the scripture that comes up. It's Judges 14.4. The context is Samson is wanting this Timnite woman. He falls in love with this Timnite woman and says to his parents, go get me this Timnite woman to be my wife. And here's verse four. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines for at that time they were ruling over Israel. I'm reading this verse, and all of a sudden, this verse just explodes. And I see what's going on here. Samson is not looking for a fight, he's looking for a wife. The children of Israel are not looking for a fight. They have accepted their bondage. The Philistines rule over us, and we have to survive. We get by. They're certainly not looking for a fight. They just want to survive in the current context. Here's what's going on in the passage. God is looking for a fight. Something is ruling over his people, and he is coming in power to break the chain of something ruling over his people. And I am, I'm reading this and it explodes in my spirit. And God is just there and he says, I've set up Thursday night as an occasion for me to confront what's ruling over my people. I'm coming in power to set my people free. I was terrified. I'd never seen Jesus that way before. Jesus was gentle. Jesus was loving. Jesus was a gentleman. Jesus. And so all week long, everybody I'm having lunch with, I'm like, would you please pray for me? Would you please pray for Thursday night? We're going to see a side of Jesus that we have not seen before. I don't know what's going to happen Thursday night, but there's, it's like there's fire in his eyes. He wants to fight. We get to Thursday night. I preach in the anointing. I tell about that story of of what God wants to do. And so, and it's 300, this isn't just 300 Christians, folks. They're on the mercy ship. These are like the best Christians in the world. I mean, clearly there's nothing wrong with these people. They're, they're, They're serving, they're giving their lives. And so I'm like, if there is something ruling over you, it might be a sickness, it might be fear, it might be depression, it, it might be, it, there's just something that you've made peace with just to survive. Tonight, Jesus is here to set you free. If that's you, stand to your feet. And I was stunned. People are standing all over the place. They're standing in front of their peers saying something's ruling me that's not God. And so I just do this little prayer. Holy Spirit, come and set people free. And all of a sudden, this one lady just starts screaming. People start shaking like this. There is manifestations of God's presence in this room. And I invited the prayer teams to come up and we prayed for people past midnight that night. Jesus was looking for a fight. I want to submit to you that God has set up this women's brunch as an occasion for him to do something, to break something over you that you could not break yourself. That Jesus, have you ever thought about this? That Jesus was looking forward to this day. That he set it up. He made you have to come through snow to get it. There's something about partnering with God and valuing what God values that sometimes God makes it hard. We try to make it easy for everybody. but I mean, we can't control the snow. But you came through the snow. And I don't think you came to hear a man I think you came to encounter God. He set this up to encounter you because he wants to set you free from whatever's ruling you. Now here's a very, very important truth about freedom. This is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, Yeah, I'll get to that one too. Um, Christ is his ministry. He is the anointed one. Christ means anointed one. He is the one anointed by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus died and rose again to save us. Jesus means Savior. Christ means anointed one. So... Jesus did the work of salvation But he needs to come as the anointed one To every single one of us To set us free To make the work of the atonement good over us So he comes in his anointing And sets people free Now there's this false equation That comes into our minds If God sets me free Then I'll certainly stay free That's not how it works When God sets you free, it's an opportunity for you to now partner with your freedom. You have to stand firm now in your freedom. Sometimes when things are ruling over us, freedom is so off the table that we just accept our bondage and we survive. So Jesus comes in his anointing and he sets us free to give us a new opportunity to embrace the truth, to stand firm in the truth, to get back in the battle where we stand firm. It says, for freedom, Christ set you free. Now, you need to stand firm in your freedom, and don't let yourselves become enslaved again. You are, you are going to have to partner with God To stay free. And then we have the John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You can encounter the Holy Spirit. You can encounter the power of God. You can have demons cast out of you or broken off of you or however it works. Only God knows exactly how it works. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to believe truth about yourself. You're going to have to believe truth about God. You're going to have to let go of lies that you have believed. And there's going to be a fresh sense of the goodness of God, about his love for you, about you are his chosen, favored daughter, but you're going to have to agree with this identity. You're going to have to say, yeah, that's who I am. That's who I am. And the enemy always thinks he owns us. He always thinks that, yeah, go ahead and do your little Holy Spirit thing, but you'll come back. You'll come back to this. And you've got to decide. There's a bad version of you and there's a good version of you, which is true, both. They're both you. One is you in bondage and one is you free. This is what happens in Belize every year. Kids, I, we always have one night, the Holy Spirit night When we have testimonies, almost every single testimony Is about the Holy Spirit night Because God comes and radically touches these kids And then there's this mystery of six months later Why aren't these kids doing better And I thought they got changed in Belize I thought, that, no, they, they, they got an opportunity <laughs> They got an opportunity to walk in freedom To walk out freedom, how many know it? it's really hard? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the, the gooey woos all the time you, you actually, it's really hard work to stay free And oftentimes teenagers, they, they get so free And they're so happy and they're so excited And then they come back to real life And how many know the enemy is really good at what he does? So the anointing will free you again So that you can partner with God With truth for you to stay free So get ready to stand firm. I want you to get ready to stand firm in your freedom even before you get prayed for to be freed. Now, I want to read you a prophetic word that a lady gave me this morning because this, it has to do with this point. Here's the word this is this morning. I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. You desire to pass up this ministry and let someone else deal with it because you are struggling with your own habitual sin. I am your God, full of grace and mercy. Hear me when I call you to step out in the ministry of reconciliation. As you obey me, you will see me remove your habitual sin. Yes, you will walk in my freedom. So here's what it's saying. I, I can't be a blessing to somebody else Because I, ha, I don't have victory myself And God is already looking Past just the women that are in this room He's already looking to your friends That are going to be touched through you He's already looking Free people, free people This is how freedom gets multiplied, guys And so God's already He's already prophesying your freedom And the freedom of those you're going to share with Because God is wanting occasions Where he can confront that which is ruling over his people Some of his people are already Christians Some of his people aren't Christians yet And his heart burns for them how is it going to reach them? Mm, through me and you? Okay. That's enough of that one. Last one, then we'll pray. Third point is healing trauma. December of 2008, it's... it's uh, our family is using somebody's ranch as a getaway just a really wonderful time for us It's between Christmas and New Year's The whole family's together And uh, we, it's 2008 So Barack Obama was elected president in November Which he's important to the story So I have this dream Alice and I are in a restaurant It's just a regular restaurant And I don't know how I know it But I know this Everyone at this restaurant is a Vietnam vet or the wife of a Vietnam vet. And I am in the middle of dinner, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I want you to stand up. I want you to read the scripture. I want you to pray for these people. And I explain to God how inappropriate this would be. <laughs> this is a restaurant. This is... this. This, is, this would not be right This would not be the, In any context This would not be The right thing to do And so I'm not going to do it So I keep eating But I've got this Gnawing feeling That God is speaking And here's what I come to I'm not sure it's God speaking But here's what I come to God knows that I think He's speaking to me And so I'm just going to Go ahead and do this If I'm wrong, I'm wrong No problem but I'm not going to live with the regret later that God was telling me to do something that I didn't do because God knows I think it's in. So I'm just going to get it over with really quickly. <laughs> so I stand up as like I'm the owner of the restaurant Sometimes you just gotta fake it, you know, it's just like stand up. Hey, could I get everybody's attention? I need to read this verse to you and and i'm gonna have a prayer for you And so I just really quickly I read the verse shut the thing I close my eyes and said now I would like to uh, just have a prayer for you And so I pray this really really short prayer. I open my eyes So happy that it's over And there is this holy hush in this restaurant, and there, there are two women on the side, bless their hearts. They're sitting on chairs, and they've got their hands just like this over their heart. And I walk over to them, and I say this to the room. I say, there's no man that can heal what's broken inside of you, not even Barack Obama. Barack Obama was the hope of America and he he'd wrote this book called The Audacity of Hope and everybody's like, oh, he's the answer. I said, there's, there's no man that can heal what's wrong inside of you. Not even Barack Obama. Only God can bind up the brokenhearted and I reach out like this and these two ladies in their chairs, they just fall over and the Holy Spirit just descends on the room and I wake up and the presence of God is just hanging in the air. There's more to that story, but I'm not going to tell more of that. That's all I'm going to tell. So it's two, now it's 2016. I am preaching. Uh, Ron we're in Belize. Ron Brayton has asked me to do a healing service. And so I've got this long message on the anointing and how it works and how the Holy Spirit works. And, and I'm going to preach this message. And we're, Derek will remember this and Joe. We were meeting in a circle that he had the chair set up in a circle and there's, I don't know, maybe 40 people there. Um, and, uh, and I get to the meeting and the Lord just says, all I want you to do is share that dream. That's all I can do is just share that one dream. I'm like, is there even a Bible verse in that dream? He's God. So I share that dream. And I say, if you have been traumatized... Ron had all these chairs set up in the middle. If you have been traumatized and you need to be healed, I want you to just come and sit in these chairs. And so, so they got in these chairs, and it started out, God was doing inner healing. Kids were praying over people, and the, the team was, and and then God just spoke to me that he wanted to start doing physical healing. And I will never forget this young single mom she worked for the Braytons she wouldn't go to church she wouldn't embrace anything to do with God but Linda had got her to come to this meeting and it turned out she couldn't hold her baby and the way they had the baby was immoral I mean it was just bad everything about this was bad and this is and, and she, she had something wrong with her arm but she couldn't go to the doctor and get it fixed she had no money and uh and so she explains what's going on with her right arm. So she has to do everything with her left arm and, and there's a bone sticking out. It's that bad. And I'm like, well, just, I just want you to receive right now. And so we prayed and she said the pain is gone. I said, I said, what do you mean it's gone? She said, no, I mean it is completely gone. And she's moving it ways that she couldn't move it before and, and I was very excited about it and, but two days later, she comes to me because she works with the Brayton, so she's kind of around that thing. She says, Pastor Tom, I want to show you something. She shows me the, the arm. The bone is now inside. God didn't just heal the pain. He put the bone back inside. How did he do it? I don't know. 2018, I'm in Missouri. Alice and I are on vacation. It's the last day. We're, we're about to head home. I'm going to have one last time in the hot tub. I go into the hot tub. There is a guy sitting there, and I start chatting with him. His name is Mark, and where is he from? Madison, Wisconsin. I said, Mark, tell me a little of your story, and uh, he says, I haven't been in church for 40 years. He said, I fought in Vietnam. And when I saw what was allowed to happen there, I decided there just couldn't be a God. And I just stopped going to church. And so I started sharing the gospel with him. And I asked him when I got done sharing if he thought Jesus was knocking on his heart. He said, absolutely. I said, do you want to open the door right? He said, yes. I said, do you want me to lead you? Yes. So we pray together. He prays the sinner's prayer, but before I will let him look up, I said, Mark, now I need to pray something for you. And I started praying that God would heal the trauma of Vietnam, that he would come and do inside of Mark what only God can do. Inside of a person I get done praying I look up and he's just weeping And he's moving in We're both in swimsuits It's very awkward So I reach out my hand And he's going to have none of it He just grabs a hold of me And he's just crying And there we are Two men in swimsuits Hugging in the hot tub. Trauma. When we have experienced trauma that we have not dealt with, what happens is, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't be better. You can't just make yourself better. And you go to church, and it's like, I need to try harder. I need to read more. I need to pray more. I need to believe more. But with when trauma is undealt with, we're broken. We're broken, and we're and, and we're so busy surviving in this country. Oftentimes, trauma is left undealt with. Trauma doesn't just come from war; it comes from spiritual war, it comes from verbal abuse, it comes from horrible loss in your life that you don't. A horrible disappointment. It. We can be traumatized in a number of different ways And then just say to ourselves, I got to move on I just got to move on, I just got to move on And there's very little in our culture that stops Acknowledges trauma And then says, I need I need healing And then a lot of those that are owning trauma Are going to men <laughs> They're going to psychiatrists and they're getting Here's what they're telling them Take this pill, take this pill, take this pill And Why? Human beings can't fix what's wrong inside of us, guys. Jesus is anointed to bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus is the only one that can come into trauma and know what to do. So in just a moment, we're going to have, I'm going to, we're going to bring the worship team back up. And please don't put God in a box and say, God can only come when I get prayed for by Pastor Tom or by Ted Gary or by one of the prayer team. Um, no, no, God can touch you while you're worshiping. You don't, need to, you don't even need to come up here if you don't want to. But I also wouldn't do it the other way, where if God wants to touch me, he has to touch me right here because that's weird. I don't want to get prayed for. Guys, let's not get defensive. Let's let God be God. Let's let God touch however he wants to touch. So, I want to forewarn you. There are human responses when the presence of God comes on somebody. It can be t- crying, it can be laughing, it can, sometimes you can feel like you're going to shake and you're like, ah, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Or oftentimes, the glory, when the glory of God comes on, the word for glory in Hebrew is weight. Wait you will feel this weight. You'll feel like, I feel like I'm going to fall over. We have no agenda for people to fall over. But I am going to have somebody behind every woman that I prayed for because I don't want you worrying about whether you're going to fall over or not. (laughs) You just experience God. If you feel like you're going to fall over, just go ahead and fall over. Your prayer time's not over because you fall over. I will get down on a knee and I will continue to pray for you. Why would God ever... Put somebody on the floor. Here's what, Here's this is just my own opinion. Sometimes he's doing surgery. What is surgery? Surgery is when there's something wrong inside of you that you can't fix yourself, so you get a surgeon. <laughs> and then what do they do? They put you out, <laughs> and then they open you up, and they do stuff inside of you. You don't even, you can't explain even what they're doing. And then they sew you back up, and then you get back up, and then you start getting better because somebody did surgery on you. And sometimes, well, does that have to happen? Does that have to happen to me? Uh, if your attitude is like that, probably. <laughs> what is it in you that says God has to do it this way or that way? Just just relax. Just, nobody's going to be pushed. We're not going to push anybody. You just, we're just let, Can we just let God be God? And if, and if you feel like you're going to fall over, just rest. This is going to be a safe place. Whether you're getting prayed for or not, whether you're up here, because it's going to take a while for us to get to everybody, we're going to just worship. We're going to be in his presence together. And he's going to encounter us to renew intimacy, to break chains, and to heal Trauma. So, would you stand with me as we pray? Worship team can come back up. Would you mind just opening your hands like this to the Lord? Lord, you just love these women. Lord, I pray that you would win the battle of fear. Sometimes you have to want freedom more than you're afraid. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen and I can't control it. And God's like, okay, there's an invitation on the table. Do you want me more than you want to listen to fear? And so, God, I pray that every single woman would feel wrapped up right now in the love of God. You are not going to give anybody a, a scorpion or a stone. You are here as the Heavenly Father. Surrounding each one of these women, whether they've ever been in a service like this before, whether they've ever had anything happen to them that they could say that was God or not, you are here, you love these women, you died for every one of these women. And you've set up this occasion to touch them, to speak to them, to free them. We're going to be here as long as ladies want to get prayed for. But if you're willing to be in the first group that gets prayed for, would you step out right now and come down to the front? We're going to make a big line across the front. It's got. It's just got to be one single file line all the way. It can start at that door and go all the way. And that, okay, okay, I think that's enough. Okay, so... It's, gotta be, it's got to be it's cuz it has to be one line so we'll know how many. So can you guys just move shoulder to shoulder all the way over? All the way over guys. Yeah, get in there. All the way over. All the way to that wall. Okay? So get in there until we're absolutely full. This is just the first round of people. Everybody that wants to get prayed for, will get prayed for. Um Okay. Now I have asked several men That are all anointed to pray for us. And so I'm gonna, I don't know if other guys are gonna use any anointing oil. I happen to have some anointing oil. All this is just vegetable oil. (laughs) There's nothing, this is not magic oil. However, in the Bible, when they anointed people with oil, it was so that there was a point where they were we are going to believe because the oil represents the oil of the Holy Spirit he's going to come and he's going to touch and he's going to speak and all we want you to do in this time is receive you don't have to pray sometimes the most powerful prayer to God is to just be still to just be with him and let him do what he alone wants to do so I've got Joe come on Ted come on where's Derek Derek is Derek still here or did he take off he's getting oil oil. okay so Ted let's just Joe let's start you way down at that end Ted will start you right here with Angie right here in the blue you guys will come this way Derek will start here here's Derek Derek come on bro you want to start with this precious woman in the orange and work this way and I will come from this side now as you are waiting for us to come worship <laughs> we're all going to be worshiping let this place be filled with the presence of God when we get to you then just stop and just allow okay um, and then as women if, if you fall over um, there's no rush for you to get up This is a safe place You stay down as long as you want to Just let God do whatever God wants to do Let's relax In his presence This is God's living room And then as there are gaps As ladies get prayed for and go back Whatever God was doing They go back to their seat You're welcome to come up and fill up those gaps And when Derek and I meet We'll just both go back to the sides And we'll start over again And Ted and Joe the same thing Um, so, have your way, Jesus. Come, Lord, and do everything that's in your heart, we pray. Amen.